This is the Rod Langway Fan Club. Welcome, everybody, to the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Roman. We're on a little bit of a field trip this week with my uh, co-host, Mark Chaknita. Hey, uh, I tell you guys where we are right now, but uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Uh, John, what's going on, man? Where, where are we? It's just a little bit further. Come on. Keep, keep going, guys. Get the All right. Out. All right. Our co-host, uh, John Snowden, is leading us through the forest. We're almost there. Yeah, just, it's just uh, up here through the bushes a little bit. Well, I don't think the commission's going to make it much further, man. we got to get yeah, there. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. <sighs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Just right through here. Oh, oh man. What the? Whoa. What is that? Hey. Shindian, is this the Shindian River? There is. Yeah. Oh, you can nice. See, you can see the, the studio's just up there, behind you there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, take a look down. What, what brings us here? Well, have a look. Oh. What's that monstrosity? What's a boat? That's pretty nice. This, my friends and colleagues, is the Boat of Confidence. The Boat of Confidence. And yes. what are we What are we supposed to be doing with this thing? Well, now? you can imagine. What do you usually do with the boat? You get on in. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. It's getting kind of late. Like, the sun's going to go down pretty uh, soon. That thing looks a little rickety. It's fine. Tried and tested. All right. I trust you, Captain. Let's do this. All right. A little push uh, off here, boys. Come on, Mark. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's go. Give it a little push. Okay. Oh, man. My back. Uh, oh, jeez. Get, get in. Jump, jump, jump. There we Okay. All right. All okay. right. Perfect. That's kind of nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Hey, this is pretty sweet here, John. So how does this boat of confidence work, man? Well, here we are at the uh, first quarter mark of the NHL season. And of course, as always, there are some teams that are punching a little bit above their weight. So I often come out here on the river and I sort of contemplate who will stay in the boat of confidence and who needs to be cast overboard. This oh, quite the elaborate metaphor. I like it. Wow. I do. I okay. do as well. Well, if we're talking about teams that are surprising, we got to start with the Vancouver Canucks. Sure, out in the West, yeah, the Vancouver Canucks. What a surprise. Yeah, Elias Pettersson, what a show. I knew he'd be good, but not this soon and not this good. Yeah, comparisons to Gretzky are flying out all over the place. So. Well, let's not get too carried away now. Sure, but you know how people are at the start of the season. Yes, I mean, he's just a little guy, but what vision he has out there. Yeah. And slick with the puck, um, great passing, great shot, everything's full package. Yeah, it's good to see some excitement back in the city of Vancouver. Yeah, and I mean, they also have Brock Besser. I know he's been hurt a little bit, and it took him um, a little bit to get up to speed, but he's been playing well. And uh, Bo Horvat. Yeah, Bo Horvat seems to be a two-way player, like uh, like we've never seen before in Vancouver. Well, that was the big trade they made, you know, giving up Corey Schneider looking pretty good nowadays, isn't it? And even Jake Vertanen, who was uh, the, fav- the favorite whipping boy for a lot of Vancouver Canuck fans, has played okay. Yeah, I mean, he's still a young guy. I think he's got good potential to be a two-way forward. Maybe not a top-line guy, but maybe play down the lineup, third line, maybe even second line in a pinch. Yeah. What about things that might drag them down to the bottom, though? Well, I mean, you look at their D. I mean, that's, that's the big question mark, I think, in Vancouver. I mean, after Alexander Edler, who's a pretty serviceable defenseman, uh, what do they got? And even Edler, I mean, he's not a one. He's probably not a two on a good team. Be a good three, I suppose. Yeah, respect your Edlers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, uh, goaltending. I mean, is Markstrom the kind of goalie that can handle a full season's load? I mean, the guy was a highly touted prospect, and he's still not that old. Goalies take a little longer to develop, so they could have found themselves a gem here. Yeah, you never know. Maybe he's a late bloomer. Yeah, I really like the excitement that's going on right now in Vancouver, but are they really in the boat of confidence? Well, this is what we do. 
we have a little powwow, and then we have a vote. Well, my vote would be... I'm going to cast him overboard. Yeah, I don't think they're quite ready to uh, paddle with the big boys just yet. I would also have them out of the boat of confidence. All right. See you later, Vancouver Canucks. Heave ho! Well, next up, we got to talk about the Minnesota Wild. Now, this is a team that we were a little bit suspect of in our preview show, but they've played really well this, so far this season. Yeah, the veterans are really stepping up. Zach Parise looks like the Zach Parise of old. Eric Stahl has been solid. Suter's playing well in the back end. Yeah, even Miko Koivu's played pretty well. Yeah, he's a solid uh, centerman there. Um, and, of course, you got their uh, guys who are just rounding into sort of prime form, uh, Granlund and Dumba. Um, so those are some nice pieces to have. So pretty solid uh, squad all around, I would say. Absolutely. And in net, you've got Doobie, Devin, Devin Dubnik, who's played really well. And you know you have Bruce Boudreau as their bench boss. And uh, he manages to get his teams in the playoffs all the time. So, Yeah, it's always a good sign when you just look at Boudreau's skin tone. And he's only turned bright red maybe once the entire year. He's been mostly a pinkish hue, which is always a good sign. <laughs> it sure is, yeah. Although I'm sure they'll make the playoffs and then he'll probably blow up by mid-first round when they go out like they always do. Dark purple. He's not getting any younger. This could be the year he finally blows. So what's the vote then on the Minnesota Wild guys? John? I I would have to say that they're in. They're in. As much as I like to see them go in and go out in the first round again, I think there are just too many good teams that are on the outside looking. And you look at St. Louis and Colorado, I think they might get in there. So I'm going to say out. Yeah, they are an older team, and uh, it might catch up to them eventually, but I'm going to say they're in. Okay, well, uh, maybe Jeff, uh, scoot those life jackets over and okay. in the case of beer, get that out of the way. And, hey, uh, leave the beer alone. Okay, well, well, Minnesota Wild, you are welcome into the boat of confidence. Another team that's been a bit of a surprise at the first quarter mark would be the Dallas Stars. Yeah, but it's no surprise that their top line is firing on all cylinders, right? I mean, Alexander Radulov, he has been hurt, but he's been great when he's been playing. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have been awesome. No surprise there. Yeah, that top line is dynamite. But I always wonder about their secondary scoring. Yeah, Jason Spezza, I know I said he was done. Uh, he's had a nice little revival to start the year. We'll see if he can actually keep that going, but uh, not yeah. a bad start. And uh, Devin Shore? Yeah, he's been playing pretty well, too. Yeah. And what about their blue line? Well, John Klingberg has been awesome. He is hurt, but uh, when he wasn't hurt, he was great, and he will be back, and I'm sure when he comes back, he'll be right up to snuff. And they've got an excellent young D-man filling his shoes right now. Yeah, big opportunity for Hayskinen to step in here. He's probably going to get the top-line power play minutes, and hopefully they can keep that going because they've been a really dangerous unit. Yeah, that would be a helpful thing to have another great defenseman back there. Yeah, Bishop's been okay. Yeah, I'm always a little worried about Bishop. He's kind of a hot and cold guy, but he's been more hot than cold so far. So what do you guys think? Are they in or out of the boat of confidence? You know, they're still too top-heavy. I think they're going to wear down as the season goes along, so out. Yeah, I mean, much like another team, the Colorado Avalanche, I think that that top line might just be enough to get them into the playoffs. I'm going to say in. I'm going to say out. Sorry, Dallas Stars. Okay, well, out you go. Out you go. You go out. Heave ho! All right, so that uh, wraps up the West, yeah? Whoa, come on, Jeff. Look, there are a couple guys still, you know, a couple pretty strong swimmers in there treading water that might be worth saving. That's true, and our fearless Captain John at safety first. I notice you do have a dinghy over in the corner. Sure Is do. there uh, some team we should maybe throw the uh, lifeboat to? Well, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche seems to have one foot in the boat already, so if there was somebody to save, they'd be the easiest option, I'd say. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty similar to last year. Dynamite first line. I think goaltending situation is actually better now than it was last year. Why not? Yeah, definitely. What about the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, Connor McDavid, uh, quite the breaststroke. Great swimmer, great skater. Can't count them out. Yeah, he's right there. He's tailing the boat. I mean, he could be in at any moment. And what about the Ducks? Usually they're pretty good swimmers, no? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is more of uh, one of those flying ducks. Yeah, lead-footed this, this season. I don't know about them. <laughs> well, what the Vegas Golden Knights? I think once they get healthy, they've got a few key injuries that I would probably not be wanting to write them up quite yet. They might not end up on the bottom of the river. St. Louis Blues, they were busy in the off-season. Could you see them uh, getting on the boat? Yeah, possibly, but they have yet to hit their stride, and we got to see what they got first. Um, We've only got one team to throw the single dinghy to. Who's it going to be? Colorado Avalanche. I'm not so sure they even need the dinghy. I feel like they probably could just use a little bit of a hand. They're pretty much already on the boat as is. Yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid looks like he's on his way into the boat, but I'm pretty sure Lucic could use the dinghy. So <laughs> well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's carrying Lucic on his back, so maybe, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. maybe the dinghy would help. All right, all right. Let's cast these, uh, this dinghy out to the Edmonton Oilers. Whoa, check out that boat, it's really motoring. Was that Steven Stamkos, captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning? I think it was. Yeah, wasn't uh, that P.K. Subban next to him there? Whoa, well, I mean, that makes sense. Those two teams have dominated the first quarter. It's flying, it's like last year all over again. Well, now that that wake has subsided, uh, let's get to the Eastern Conference here, boys. Um, how about the New York Islanders? That's a bit of a surprise. They've been hanging around near the top of the Metro. Yeah, they must be eating their fish sticks. Yeah, I mean, Matt Barzell, there was a lot of uh, questions about whether or not he could handle the load of being the top-line center now that John Tavares is gone, but he seems to be doing uh, just as well as he was last year. I don't think that's such a surprise. I'm more surprised by Anders Lee. I mean, everyone thought he was kind of riding John Tavares' coattails, but he's really stepped up, and he's the new captain, and he's playing like it. And how about Josh Bailey? A lot of questions about Josh Bailey going into the season. He's played really well. Yeah, he's been great, too, and... Uh, uh, Brock Nelson there on the second line uh, with Anders Lee. He's been uh, playing much better than he was last year. So Maybe we shouldn't be that surprised any team that's coached by Barry Trotz. Yeah, he seems to always get the most out of his players. I don't know, though. I still think that decor is really thin, and the goaltending has been okay, but really, Grice and Leonard, is this a playoff caliber back end? Yeah, but you look at what Trotz did in Nashville, where he you know, just seemed like goalie after goalie kept coming up through the system. Yeah, and didn't they get uh, the goalie coach over from the Washington Capitals? That's right. As they well? got Mitch Korn as well. That's I mean, right. he's a magician with the with the goalies. Yeah. So um, I don't know. What do we think about the Islanders? Are they in or out of the boat of confidence? Yeah. I'm going to say they're in. Really, I think they're going to be marooned on the non-playoff island. Yeah, I mean, I just think looking at the the Metro, it's a tough division. I can't see them maintaining this play throughout the year. I think that they are out. All right. Well, see you later, New York Islanders. Heave ho! All right, so who's next? Well, also in New York State, we have the Buffalo Sabres. Here's a young team that's on the rise. Yeah, Jack Eichel has been dynamite, and wow, Jeff Skinner, what an acquisition. He's been on absolute fire. Those two have been quite the dynamic duo. You've also got Sam Reinhardt, and they've got a couple of good veterans in there as well. Yeah, I mean, Jason Palmonville, he's, he's on one of his hot streaks right now, so that's a question. Can he maintain this play throughout the whole year? Sure, and the young blue liner, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, has been pretty good. Uh, another question, though, he's 18 years old. Can he keep this up for a full NHL season? And free agent acquisition Carter Hutton has played pretty well. Yeah, the goaltending has not been nearly as terrible as I thought it would be. 
So are they in or out of the boat of confidence? I just think the Atlantic Division is too strong. Uh, they'll be right on the bubble, but they're not quite going to make it. Yeah, I just can't see it. Yeah, I think there's too many teams pecking on the outside right now. I think that they're out. Goodbye, Buffalo Sabres! Heave ho! All right, we're going to stick in New York State. Uh, NYC, the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the New York Rangers team. I look at their forward group, and they have a lot of nice sort of 1B forwards. They have uh, Mika Zabinijad, nice player. Uh, Matt Zuccarello. CZ Top. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, we've also got uh, Chris Kreider, who's been good. Kevin Hayes, Jimmy Vesey, and uh, Pavel Butchnievich, who uh, he's hurt right now, but he's a bit of a power play specialist, and I expect him to come back and uh, continue that role. Um, a nice little collection of forwards who can uh, get the job done, I think. I don't know, they just kind of remind me of like that Brand X cereal that you, your parents made you eat. It's, it's just not quite the same. And what about their D? I know we keep coming back to the defense. Um, their young coach, he actually sat Kevin Shattenkirk at the very beginning of the season to kind of send a message. He hasn't really played that well. Do they have enough depth on the blue line? Well, they got some nice little puck movers back there. This Pionk kid's got wheels, and he scored a beautiful coast-to-coast -coast goal the other night. You know, Brady Shea's a nice player, too. Um, your question, do they have enough back there to get them through? I, I think it is a question mark, like a lot of the teams we've looked at. Um, and Lundqvist in net? Uh, he's looking like the Lundqvist of old so far. Yeah, uh, he's been all right. Long season, but uh, if he can keep playing this way, maybe they can sneak their way in. Are they in or out of the boat, though? I mean, I'm going to have to put him out of the boat. Yeah, yeah, I think they're out. I think it'll be close, but I think they'll be the ninth team in the East. Heave ho, New York Rangers. Heave ho! Well, next up, we have to talk about your favorite team, Mark, the Montreal Canadiens. They've been one of the biggest surprises of the first quarter. Yeah, I am pleasantly surprised. And I mean, Max Domi, wow. He's already got more goals this year than he had all of last season. It's been dynamite. Yeah, you weren't a big fan of the trade where uh, they moved Galchenyuk to Arizona for him, but it seems to have worked out well for the Habs. It's still early, but and Galchenyuk's been good since he's back from injury. But yeah, he's he's been our first-line center, and he's played like a proper first-line center. They've also got some nice contributions from Jonathan Drouet. Yeah, he's been playing well as well. Uh, I think Brandon Gallagher's still there. Gallagher's solid. I mean, I think he's a lock for 30 goals at this point. And how about Thomas Tatar? Yeah, there's another trade that uh, Mr. Mark Chiknita wasn't a big fan of when it happened. I wasn't. I mean, I didn't like what I saw from Tatar after he joined Vegas last year, but he's actually outperformed Pacioretty so far. But the big story in Montreal has to be Carey Price. What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, it's, it's not looking great for Carey Price. He says he's struggling with mental issues. I'm not sure what he means by that, but Niemi's actually been getting quite a few starts recently. And... This is a scary thing for a guy who's just starting a $10.5 million per year contract. Yeah, but, I mean, if he can round into form, maybe, uh, you know, um, he can propel Montreal to even higher heights than they're at right now. But are they in or out of the boat of confidence? Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I like what I've seen so far from Montreal. It's exciting, but i got to put them out. Uh, it's a competitive league. I see them out. Sorry, Mark. I think they are out. Well, wait a minute, guys. Shea Weber hasn't even come back yet. I, I, I still think there's a chance. It's a little yeah, early. To sorry, yeah. Mark. Are, are I hate ready? to do this to you, buddy. Oh, but what? the Montreal Canadiens are out. Heave ho! The heck they are. I'm going in after them, guys. Going Don't try to stop To the water? Me. No, sit down, man. Get Whoa. out of my way. Sit down, Easy, Mark. Whoa, Mark, Mark, you're rocking the boat. You're rocking the boat here. 
Whoa, whoa, Mark, 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 Mark! Whoa! Yeah. whoa. Okay. John, our co-host is in the water. Yeah. Should we throw him the dinghy? The dinghy? Yeah, the dinghy. That's for the teams, man. Hey, guys. What's for the, what, what, what teams are you talking about? What do you mean, what teams am I talking about? In the East, we got the Philadelphia Flyers, oh. we got the Washington Capitals, we got the Pittsburgh Penguins, we got the New Jersey Devils, we got the Florida Panthers. Oh, well, that's true. Maybe yeah. we should give the dinghy to the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. I see Ovechkin out there. His skates are weighing him down. He needs the dinghy. Okay, we're giving them the dinghy. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Mark. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, dinghy goes to the Washington Capitals. Um... I think it's probably time to head back to shore, right? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we'll see you back there, Mark. Or will we? Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Don't you rock my boat? Cause I don't want my boat to be rocking. We're back. We've returned from our excursion to the river. We're back in the studio. Well, at least uh, you and I are. Uh, I'm not so sure about Mark. Yeah, geez, I hope Mark's okay. Yeah, well, if he gets out of the water, I'm not sure he'll survive the, the poisoning. <laughs> Lots of industrial runoff in that river. But, you know, we'll see. Well, we have another segment. We do. I mean, let's, we should just carry on, right? Yeah. Um, he would want us to. He, he would. But uh, just between you and me, man, uh, I don't know. Remember the op-ed from last time about... The resistance within the Rod Langley Fan Club podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's safe to say now that I think that was probably Mark. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So now that you know, I mean, it might be best that he's not around just for the you know the future of the okay. podcast and stability and okay. harmonious not sure existence. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. But well, all right. Well, anyways, we got a yeah. great segment planned. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Uh, well, this is called Whose Line Is It Anyways? This is where we look at some of the top lines in hockey and sort of evaluate some of our favorite lines from this year and yesteryear and, uh, you know, just talk about lines. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I think we should start off with the so-called best line in hockey, the Boston Bruins. Yeah, if they do say so themselves. Uh, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand, they've been absolutely lighting the lamp. They have. And you look at uh, Bergeron, I think he might be a little bit banged up. Hopefully he's okay, though. Um, as long as he stays healthy, there's no better two-way center in the game than him. Absolutely. I mean, he's probably the most important player on that team. But uh, look at what how, how Pasternak has emerged this year as just a sniper, eh? Yeah, he's got a lethal shot. Yeah, and I mean, Brad Marchand, uh, nice little grit. Every line needs a little grit on it. Yeah, right? see, he really completes the line. Yeah. He's the the little ball of hate. Yeah, and uh, he, he can bury the puck, too. I mean, he's a smooth skater. Uh, you know, the line just has a little bit of everything, I would say. Yeah, and Boston, without a lot of depth, they certainly rely on that line a lot, and uh, they've produced. Sure. I mean, it, it does carry the team, but it does a great job of doing that. I mean, Boston's been quite successful riding that line. Yeah, you could put that line up against any other line. Yeah, and they'll be successful. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, oh, hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, welcome back, man. Yeah. Uh, Thanks to you guys. Left me for dead. You're looking a little dead. Yeah. Is everything okay? Uh, well, I don't know. What happened out there? Uh, well, you, you kind of jumped overboard. And then you guys left me to fend for myself. 
I'm oh. lucky I made it back. We yeah. knew you'd be okay. Did you? Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. luckily for me, a kindly old fisherman pulled me ashore, gave me mouth to mouth, and it was touch Ooh. and go there for a while. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. hey, I'm still alive. I well, guess that's the important. That's thing. great. That's great to hear. We're all happy to hear that. We are happy you made it back. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's let's crack on with it. So, what's we? going on? What are we doing? Well, we're actually talking about lines. Yeah. Who's this line is oh yeah, a line. I could have used a line out there. You guys wouldn't toss me one. Uh, you know, we had the dinghy, but you know, it was reserved, man. We had to give it to Ovi. I've been doing this show with you guys. This is our third season. I've given my blood, sweat, and tears to this show, and Ovi gets the... Come on, man. Well, let's crack on. I mean, we're happy to have you back, right? Yes, uh, yeah. But let's finish up this segment. Maybe hey, lines. Some... Well, I assume you guys have already covered the Colorado Avalanches line. No. No, no, no we, we haven't done yet. Incompetence. Well, good thing I'm back. All right, well, I think the best line in hockey has got to be the Colorado Avalanche. McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton. And I mean, three Great guys. Line. And they all do a little bit of everything. You know, there's not one guy that you can key on. They're all dominant on the puck, big, strong guys with good skating strides. They all have a good, dangerous shot. I mean, that they just work the puck around so well. They just own it when they're out there. Yeah, I mean, much like the Boston line there, I mean, Landeskog adds a little bit of that grit as well. I mean, he can throw the body around and get to the puck in, in those tough areas. Oh, he's a bull, absolutely. Yeah. And we always knew that McKinnon was going to be great. But yeah. Ranton is a little bit of a surprise. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. Yeah, he's a great compliment to I mean, an already great duo. Yeah, last year was his coming out party, and he's picked up right where he left off this season, and they look to be the best line in the NHL as far as I'm concerned. And what about the Buffalo Sabres? Right now, their top line is scorching hot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, and Jason Pominville. I mean, Eichel is is finally arrived as a guy, and if he could stay healthy, I think he can break 90 points, and maybe, like, you know, in, in the next couple of years, push for 100. He is truly the, the straw that stirs that drink in Fuffabo. Fuffabo. You know what I mean. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think we got to talk about Jeff Skinner and what an acquisition he's been. They, that was the trigger man that they've been looking for to play with Eichel, and he's been dynamite. And they got him for basically poo. <laughs> Cliff poo. Yeah, so yeah. I mean that literally. Yeah. Cliff yeah. poo is apparently a B-level prospect. They didn't even get a blue chipper for this guy. I was quite surprised by that trade, yeah, but it seems to work out well for Buffalo. Who's the third guy in that line, Jeff? Well, that would be the veteran, Jason Pomneville. Um, he was there in Buffalo, then he left for a little bit, and then now he's back, and he's been excellent since he's returned. Yeah, I mean, he's known as a bit of a streaky player, so we'll see if this is just another one of his hot streaks, or if he can maintain this kind of production. Uh, he is playing with some great line mates, so maybe this is uh, his season. I think the key for this line is going to be staying healthy. They have a bit of an injury history. You look at Jack Eichel, he's missed big chunks in the last couple of seasons. And Jeff Skinner has a history of concussions, so if these guys can all stay healthy, I think this line can keep it going the entire season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Buffalo certainly needs something like this. Uh, it's a good sign for them. We'll see if uh, they can keep it up. Well, next up, we've got to talk about the Calgary Flames. Their first line has been Dynamite, Sean Monaghan, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, and Elias Lindholm. Yeah, and the third member of that line, I think he's the final ingredient in that delicious goulash of goal scoring. Uh, you got a guy like Elias Lindholm coming in, and people thought he'd probably play second-line center for them this year, and that James Neal was pegged for that first spot, but he took that opportunity in training camp and never let go, and he's been dynamite on that line, looking like he's going to have a career year, and it's really nice having that second guy who can take a face-off out there with uh, Monaghan as well. Yeah, for sure. And all three of those guys are really young, so I mean, this is a line that could be together for a long time. They're all signed, um, so nice thing to look forward to as a Calgary Flames fan. I'm a big fan of Sean Monaghan, back-to-back uh, -back 30-goal seasons, and yeah. he just keeps on chugging along. Yeah, and I mean, what's there to say about Johnny Hockey? He's proved himself to be an elite player. Great vision, great skating, good finish. Uh, he's got the whole thing. 
He's a shifty player. Yeah. And a lot better than Johnny Football. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, none, none of the substance abuse problems. And, of course, there's a couple other uh, really great lines out there. How about the Dallas Stars top line? Yeah, with Radulov back, uh, they could be in the conversation by the end of the season. Yeah, any line with uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, you know, Radulov has fit in perfectly. Uh, they've been great. And uh, what about, um, well, the Stanley Cup champions, Washington Capitals? Sure, great line. Tom Wilson just came back from his suspension, uh, so he adds that grit there as well. Another yeah, one talk of about lines. grit. Yeah. Can yep. he actually keep the discipline going and finish the season out without another lengthy suspension? Because the next one's going to be like 30, 40 games. Yeah, we will see. Yeah. I just find it amazing, you know, when you think about Ovechkin and Backstrom, they made um, so much great music over the years. And then Kuznetsov goes in there and they just keep on going. Yeah, well, it's a testament to how good a player Ovi is, I think. And what do you guys think? Like, who who are some of the best lines ever? Whoa. Okay, well, there's a lot to say about that. I think you got to start in the hockey mecca of Montreal and with a line that was made up of three Hall of Famers, Toe Blake, Elmer Locke, and Rocket Richard. Ooh, you're going back there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was one of the great lines, the punch line, they were called. Well, speaking of another line with some punch, I mean, also going back there a little bit, Gordie Howe, Sid Abel, and uh, Ted Lindsay on the production line in Detroit. Uh, they were a feared line also, all three of them, Hall of Famers. Another great line from back in the day, well, maybe not that long ago, was the KLM line. That was nearly 30 years ago, Jeff. That was quite a long time ago. I think you're showing your age <laughs> there. <laughs> no kidding. Well, what do you like? What do you guys think about Krutov, Larionov, and Makarov? They were they were magical, especially in the '87 Canada Cup series. Yeah, amazing. And they also transitioned well. Well, especially Sergei Makarov. He moved over to the NHL and he won the uh, Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year at the tender young age of 31. Yeah, 86 points in 80 games. Heck of a season for a rookie. Yeah. yeah. And Igor Larionov, really crafty player. Yeah, he played well into his late 30s and was an effective offensive force out there. Really amazing player. The only guy I didn't really work out was uh, Vladimir Krutov. Yeah, he gained a bunch of weight and didn't really transition into the game as well as he might have liked to. And I won too many Krutovs on his salad, I think. <laughs> While we're on the topic of uh, Russian lines, how about that five-man unit the Red Wings used back in the 90s? Oh, yeah, that was something else. Yeah, Fedorov, Larionov, and Kozlov up front with Konstantinov and Fatisov on the back end. I mean, that was the old-school Russian style of having those five-man units. Yeah, they could really control the play. Yeah, and that wasn't the only time that the Red Wings had a five-man unit out there. Um... Do you guys remember the Swedish five? Oh, yeah, that's well, they right. Had, they had Cronwell and Lidstrom on the back end. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, for the for the top line, the forwards, they had uh, Henrik Zetterberg, Mikael Samuelsson, and Thomas Holmstrom. Oh, that is sick. Yeah. And I remember that, uh, you know, when they were down a goal at the end of the game and had a timeout, they would run the timeout uh, in Swedish. Nick Lidstrom would run the whole thing and they would drop a play. That's magical. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. the Red Wings could use those guys now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they could use five capable NHL players at this point. Yeah, no doubt. And what about favorite lines? Do you guys have any, like, all-time favorite oh, lines, sure, personally? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I this line wasn't an amazing line, although it did have one great player on it. That was the Smurf line. Now, the Montreal Canadiens were a pretty small team in the 90s. Kind of still are now, I guess. But uh, they had this line with Saku Koivu, Oleg Petrov, and Pavel Burry's brother, Valeri Burry. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were they, pretty good, were they? I mean, they were okay. They weren't together that long. They were just kind of fun to watch. And I mean, that was when big, heavy forwards were the favored players. So seeing this kind of experimental line of little water bugs zipping around the ice was pretty cool. It didn't last that long. But... Jeez, Valeri Burry. I haven't heard that name yeah, for no a long kidding. time. Didn't he marry the, the girl from Full House? Candace Cameron. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, good, good snag there. Well, you know, okay. I would have gone for Kimmy Gibbler myself. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I think one of my favorite lines all time would have to be the hound dog line. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 80s no, yeah. with mm. um, Wendell Clark, talking about grit, yeah. um, Russ Cortnell, who had the wheels, oh, man, and yeah. uh, Gary Lehman, who could fill the fill the net. He, got he was a sniper. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice mix. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so every now and then they'd run Steve Thomas on that line, and it was, uh, it was a... Back in the 80s when the leaks were really terrible, that was one of the few bright spots about that team. Cool, cool. Yeah, good line. Good picks, guys. And what about you, John? Well, you guys mentioned your favorite team, so I'm going to have to talk about my favorite team as well. Uh, there was a line in the 80s. I was a young kid, so I don't remember it that well, but it's it's one of the lines that really stands out in my memory a lot. And that's the line of Peter Tagley and Eddie. What? Never heard of that Do you remember line? that line? Peter Tagley and Eddie. They, had, they were lying for the Jetson. It's kind of the mid-80s. I mean, I was just four or five years old, but... John, I think, I think that was one dude. <laughs> that was a one man. Who his, was, name was, his name is Peter Taglianetti. He was a defenseman. He wasn't even a forward man. There wasn't no, three there was dudes. No, <laughs> it was not a line. For the Jets. No, Johnny. What? You must have misremembered that one. Wow. Getting well, up there, John. Memory that's, does strange uh, yeah, things, that's, but wow. I was pretty sure it was a line. I mean, we'll no? have to go to the archives on that one. We'll get back to you on it, I guess, but I'm pretty sure that was... One guy. I would like to come back to this maybe next podcast. Okay, we'll, we'll, maybe set we the can. we'll do an update. Yeah, okay. Well, seeing as how John's just making up lines, uh, what would be like your dream line, your ideal line? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. I think it would be uh, kind of funny to have like a guy, a line with all the guys with the most generic names out there. Maybe call it like the President's Choice line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, so. like, I don't know, maybe like Craig Smith, uh, Scott Wilson, uh, Josh Anderson, you know, uh, Justin Williams. Maybe throw in Mike Smith between the pipes. Sure, just names you would make up if you're trying to like give an alias or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like that. The President's Choice line. Yeah, President's mm-hmm. Choice line. Okay. Brand X. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, well, I mean, I am always looking for a player who's coming up through the ranks with the last name Paper. Paper. Why? Yeah. Well, because I would love to see a line called the Paper, Scissons, Stone line. Oh, oh yeah. You'd get Colton Scissons, you'd get Mark Stone, and then, you know, Mr. Paper on there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. We got to scour the ranks of junior hockey in North America and see if we can come up with something. There's probably yeah. somebody out there. Yeah. Oh, I really hope he makes it big. Yeah. <laughs> and you, Mark? Well, I'm a man who enjoys uh, alliteration, as I've stated in other shows, so I would love to have an alliteration line, and I was, I think this could happen. So you got a guy like Troy Terry... Yeah, it's a young player coming up in the league for the Ducks. Uh, if the Ducks could make a couple moves, maybe they could acquire uh, Toivo Teravainen, and then maybe throw in uh, a guy like Tage Thompson, and you've got T T T T T T. Wow, that is yeah. Nuts. I think they'd be a triple threat out there, really. Uh, and if you want to go old school, maybe like a Tony Tanti or a Tony Twist could be thrown into the mix as well. Tony Twist, that's twisted. Oh, John, you stole my line. Okay, I think you guys are both out of line. Let's uh, let's move it along. <laughs> yeah, this is getting pretty ridiculous here. John, let's pay some bills around here. Run the commercial. Guys like us don't always have mustaches. But when that moment calls, men of distinction always know where to turn. Plowman's Choice. Extra firm, all-natural mustache wax. Your shape, your way, your choice. Thanks, as always, to Plowman's Choice. Yeah, uh, Plowman's Choice. What a, what a great company. Um, as I mentioned before on the podcast, they use all naturally sourced beeswax. It's a serious time for bees. Uh, just in March of this year, Walmart uh, filed this series of patents for these autonomous uh, tiny machines designed as pollination drones. Ugh. 
uh, yeah, this is something that beekeepers all around the world are quite worried about. Yeah, corporate America trying to play God again. This yeah, always right. works out well. Yeah. Well, on a brighter note, though, there is this uh, this story with this fungal extract that's uh, supposed to kill viruses that have been contributing to the global collapse of bee colonies. So if this pans out, it could be a real game changer. Yeah, I really hope it is, because this is something we should all be quite aware of. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, boys, for that. Next up, we have Ask the Commish. Sorry, sorry. What was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. Dress your players. Dress your players. Okay, this is everybody's favorite segment. This is Ask the Commission. You can ask Commissioner Jeff Rollman anything you like. Uh, if you want to get a question in last minute, you can email us at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com or you can tweet us at rodlangwayfanclub. Well, speaking of tweets, I got one here from June Benner. Uh, she writes, hey guys. Big fan of the show. I liked your breakdown of last season's Hall of Fame class, and I'm interested in your thoughts about this year's. Well, thank you for that letter. It was a great uh, Hall of Fame class this year, yeah? Um, we had uh, Martin Broder, Martin Saint-Louis, Willie O'Ree, Alexander Yukushev, and Jaina Heffert, and Gary Bettman. Yeah. Well, That's just weird well, and we'll kind of gross. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's start at the top there, right? Yeah, well, I mean, what can you say about Martin Brodeur? Yeah, I mean, what a goaltender. Certainly deserving of this spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, All-time leader in wins with 691 and shutouts with 125. Now, I, I find it hard to believe that that record will ever be broken. Um, amazing player. Of course, he had the three Stanley Cups. He was Rookie of the Year. Um, just a fantastic career. First ballot Hall of Famer, certainly. Not to mention the fact that he was one of the greatest puck handlers of all time. Yeah, that's uh, right. Most goals for a goalie. Yeah. And also, they had to make a rule change just because of how good of a puck handler he was. I mean, yeah. that that's incredible. It was like having a third defenseman back there, right? Yeah. And I'll always remember the way he broke Canada's gold medal drought at the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play his best hockey, but he got the job done and made some big saves. And what about Martin Saint-Louis? Yeah, wow. This is a guy who is so ahead of his time. You know, this was kind of the, the era, the dead puck era, really tight out there. Not a lot of space for the little guys, and a lot of little guys were being passed over. I mean, St. Louis himself was undrafted. He fought his way into the league, uh, made a place with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and went on to have an amazing career, winning the Art Ross Trophy twice. And actually, the second time he won it, he was the oldest player, age 37, to have won it. So that's pretty incredible. On top of that, he was the league's MVP the same year that they brought home the Stanley Cup. Um, and he also won the Lady Bean three times, which is uh, quite the accomplishment as well. A real gentleman out there. Yeah, for sure. And he was the kind of player that also made the players around him better. I mean, he meshed so well with Vincent LeCavalier when they won the Stanley Cup. And again, with Steven Stamkos when he came into the league. And, and you know, that, those were Steven Stamkos' best years when he was potting 50 goals. Absolutely. It's a real shame that he couldn't finish his career as a Tampa Bay Lightning and ended up with that. You know, yeah, that was a bit of a shame at the yeah, very end. The end with the Rangers was, you know, not everyone goes out on that silver cloud, but uh, still one hell of a player, one hell of a career. Absolutely. And how about Willie O'Ree? I know it's been said before, but he is hockey's Jackie Robinson. Yeah, right. Um, from kind of your neck of the woods, John, your parents at least, New Brunswick. That's right. Yeah, New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah, a, a very important player. Absolutely. Played for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, he demonstrated a lot of courage, a real trailblazer that paved the way for some uh, modern-day players. 
most notably maybe a P.K. Subban, um, Anson Carter, Kevin Weeks. Um, it's nice to see more diversity in the NHL. And Absolutely. It's, it's thanks to guys like Willie O'Ree who had to you know stand up and put up with some real garbage probably in his time. And probably the most puzzling addition to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and this is from one commissioner to another, was the uh, inclusion <laughs> of Gary Bettman. Yeah, far more embattled than you have been, Commissioner <laughs> Jeff Rollman. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you got to think somewhere down the line he probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's a little odd for yes. a commissioner to kind of give himself. And he's still active. And he's still active, yeah. See, I don't even say, I don't even think he deserves to be in there. What is he, just some weaselly little lawyer, corporate henchman? He hasn't really done anything. Well, they would, some would say, you know, he presided over expansion. That was going to happen regardless, I think. And really, for me, his legacy is all of the work stoppages. And we might have another one coming up here pretty soon. So I, I just, I don't, I'm not behind it at all. And there's a reason why this guy, this guy gets booed everywhere he goes. He does get booed he everywhere. Sure I got a real kick out of, even in Las Vegas last year, yeah. uh, he got booed. Yeah, they picked up on that pretty quick, eh? Yeah, good on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would argue that he probably does deserve to be in there. I mean, it would be especially fitting if they had some kind of hall of infamy that they could put him in, but, uh, certainly he's contributed to the game for better or for worse. For worse. Fair enough. But yes, odd timing, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, we have an email here from Darcy Toker. And Darcy writes, uh, with the legalization of marijuana in Canada on October 17th, how do you guys think this will affect the NHL? Well, let's start with the commish. Yeah, commish. What do you think? Uh, Still with us there, Jeff? Commish. Looks like uh, the commish is out of commish. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess I'll just weigh in here then. Um, it will be interesting to see how they handle it. I mean, will they start treating it as uh, something that is more like alcohol? Where if you want to go out for a beer after the game, when you're in Vegas or whatever, it's no big deal. Or will they sort of police it like they've done in the past and make sure that it's not in anybody's system? Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, the other way to look at this is from a perspective of pain tolerance. And, you know, the opioid crisis has been uh, a really big concern, not just in hockey circles, but uh, just in all professional sports. Yeah. And it is proven that marijuana can be helpful in dealing with some pain and is far less damaging than some of these uh, pills that players have been popping. Um, so if you approach it from that side, it might actually look like a reasonable way to deal with this big problem. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it is also a bit of an intoxicant, so it would be interesting to see what how that would uh, affect uh, some of the NHL players. Yeah, maybe team. a few dicey line changes, too many men on the ice calls. <laughs> yeah. uh, no advantages, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't think it's the performance enhancer that people mm. have thought, but uh, yeah. Uh, Commission, you're just, uh, what are you doing over there, man? Yeah, what's what's going on, man? Huh? Uh, what's up? I'm just thinking. I'm, 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 What are you thinking about? 1988-89 Hartford Whalers. Okay, what about them? 240 goal scorers. And who were they? Kevin Deneen and Ray Ferraro. Who would have thought Rob Francis would have been one of those guys? And they had Dave Babich. Dave Babich. Dave Babich. Sounds like a vegetable. 
Sorry about that, guys. You all right there, Kamish? Uh, I think it might be a good idea to crack a window or something. Yeah, yeah I think get that's a little a, air in That's here. a good idea. Yeah. Um, what do we have next? Another letter? Yeah, we have a letter here from H. Ballard, and he writes, With the December 1st deadline looming, what's Leaf Management going to do with the William Nylander situation? Well, thank you very much for the question. I really cannot believe it's dragged on this long. Yes. I really hope that by the time people listen to this podcast, he will be signed. I really do think he will get signed eventually. It's got to happen soon, I know. Um, I just wish he would accept a bridge deal. Yeah, I mean, there's even talk about just doing a one-year deal just to get him playing because, I mean, the Leafs window is wide open. Uh, it would be nice addition, right? He's got a tremendous opportunity. This is a team that the window is wide open right now. You'd think you'd want to be part of something special. Yeah, and you know he's going to put up big numbers playing on that team, which would get him a bigger contract down the line anyway. Sure, um, there is the option of trading him. And if there is a weak spot on the Leafs roster, it is on the back end. And there's been talk of a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they do have some young defensemen. And uh, Jacob Slavin, I think some people think, would be a good fit with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, of course, is that uh, too little for a player of the caliber of William Nylander? Some people say yes, but they're not in a great bargaining position. So I don't know if this is the best choice for them, but it's certainly one to think about. Yeah, do they really want to get pressured into making a decision like this with no leverage? Yeah. Now, there is a third option here, guys. Mm. And this just played out the same way in the NFL with Le'Veon Bell. Uh it was a standoff, and the game of chicken ended up going off the cliff, and he sat out the entire season, and Pittsburgh's going to get nothing for him. Yeah. Um, so this could happen. I don't think it will. I think Jeez, Toronto... I hope not. Yeah, I mean, they really need to turn this into an asset if they can't sign him, because this is their window, like you said, it's wide open. Um, but it could happen, you know? Egos get in the way sometimes, and bad decisions are made. Well, now that we all agree that the window is wide open for the Toronto Maple Leafs and for the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast here in the studio... Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, it's a good thing we got the breeze going. Mark, uh, you still got a bit of river stank on you, buddy. Hey, man, I'm a pro. You put me in a tough spot. I think I delivered. Uh, I think I might have a few leeches on my body as well sure. that I need to deal with. So Time yeah. for a rinse. There's a shower next to the green room. Enjoy. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I, I, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time, time, time. Hope you had.